Girls and gays. Hey, girls and gays. Welcome back to another episode of I Said What I Said, where we close the gap between where we are and where we want to be and who we are and who we want to be. That's right. I am your host, Mukundwa. And I am your co hostess with the mostest, Nyakwezi. Today, as always, we have a spicy episode mm-hmm. um, about being single, celibate, abstaining from. All kinds of romantic anything with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a important episode because we have a lot of resources about how to date, how to navigate dating, how to know yourself and like treat yourself and by extension treat others when you're engaging in romance. And that's wonderful. I think we've got such, we've got a lot of resources on how to do that well. I think what's kind of falling on the wayside is also how to be single well, how to date yourself or focus on yourself and consciously not pursue any romance well and what that looks like and what that means and removing the idea of of abstinence, celibacy, singleness from a religious context as well, because those words are crazy. The second I said abstinence, I shivered. So maybe let's not use that word at all. So we're talking about that today. And specifically, the things we are going to unpack are how serial dating um, can be symptomatic of deep insecurities and a lack of investment in yourself. We're going to look at the importance of time without any kind of romance, how unconscious dating, so just stumbling into dating, can really normalize the betrayal of ourselves, our needs, our safety priorities, etc. And then how to recalibrate our intuition and self-worth through time alone or through time with self. So let's jump right in. Do you think serial daters know they're serial daters? No. Oh, really? No. Do you? Because I was thinking like maybe we should have invited a serial dater to talk about why they do what they do. But would they even know? <laughs> they do what they do. Um, I only know of two serial daters. One really doesn't. Or one knows. But I think it's so fundamental to their core Um like karma and insecurity on this planet that to attack it head on will actually destroy, like split them in half. Oh my God. And then another... F- and you're not that kind of friend. <laughs> Is that a joke? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then um, another friend I have knows they're a serial data um, and knows they're ruining their own lives, but that kind of serves them at the moment. They kind of enjoy the self-flagellation, the self-destructiveness, and they know that. And so... Seriously? Yeah, in the same way when like we eat badly or do things that are destructive, but we kind of enjoy that space at the moment. And so we like lean in until we don't. Huh. I I feel like I can't relate at all because like dating is so fairy tale ish Like, I don't know, like I don't, I don't. So I would serial, like if I was dating and it was negative, but I was choosing to do it, it would be because I'm not accepting that it's negative. But like with food, it's so different. Like I'm not expecting a happy ending or or maybe there could be a happy ending for me eating all the chocolate and all the whatever's. But I think it's also more process driven than results driven. So it's the flirting, the sex, the sex sting, not what does this look like in the end. We don't think about that in the same way like you gorge on a pizza. You don't think about the stomach ache at the end. Mm. Um, Yeah. Okay. All right. So serial dating, how I would define that is jumping from one relationship to another or one situationship to another with very little pause Mm. and if you very little substantial pause 
So you can have not dated for a year and you haven't used that time to reflect, recalibrate, assess, understand, and you've got into another relationship a year later Mm. and then another in two years. For me, that's still serial dating because it's not about the length of time as much as the quality of the time you've had Mm. by yourself. And then there are other people who do quite literally roll into um, partners and situationships um, within like, you know, a month of themselves. Um, And these things aren't objectively good or bad. It just depends on the meaning you subscribe to them or the fallout of that behavior. Right. Okay. So with serial dating, I think there's so much good that can come out of dating. I think it's definitely, as Nelisa said in one of our episodes before, which I'll link, it's such a great training ground and a fast track to knowing yourself because it's kind of like if you do a sport every single day for the summer, you just get so good because you're doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And the same way, the more you do romance, in theory, the better you become at kind of knowing yourself and others and knowing how to like deal with people Mm. in theory. So the reason I say in theory is because unlike sport, you can do the action of dating, but if you cognizantly, if you're like not present, um, if you're not cognizant of what you're doing and intentional, you don't necessarily get more. The more you do doesn't necessarily equate to the better you become at it or the, you know, more thoughtful you are. Mm. And I think basically like turning up to netball practice and not doing anything and just, I think for me, the difference is that with sport, I think maybe it's a bad analogy because if you, as long as you show up, they will be net results. Okay. Right. right, Yeah. Um, it's different with the body. I don't think you need intentionality. I cannot want to get strong, but if I lift a weight every day, I probably just will. Yeah. Okay. I see. So then if someone is a serial or unconscious data, maybe let me put it that way. Like they just date because they date mm-hmm. and they find themselves in relationships and they haven't considered not being in a relationship. Um, surely there's like some residual um, benefit that they could get. Like it might be so small. It's like you lifting, just just lifting one kg a day will do you better than doing zero, but will do you much worse than lifting 15 a day. Um, that kind of thing. Like it'll be, maybe the benefit could be so small, but it will be incremental. Um, okay, yeah, I hear what you mean. I think it's twofold. So I mm. think again, with weightlifting, you don't need intentionality. Whereas with human relationships, you could do the same thing over and over again and get no results because you weren't intentional about it. Uh, okay. So I don't think you have the intention to, you, you don't, you're not moving with intention. So the results don't align. And also you don't have the framework of intention to even understand what the results okay, are. You can't okay. interpret them. Okay. Um, but I also think with the relationships, they aren't necessarily goal-driven and results-driven. And I don't think they should necessarily be. Mm. I think what I'm saying is, I think we should date for the experience of dating. But even that alone, if there's no intentionality, it can often do more damage and waste more time than you think. Yeah. And by intentionality, I mean, even saying, I'm just going on a date or I'm dating just to experience it and just to see what happens, that's still intentionality. Like that yes, is still an intention, okay. right? Lack of intentionality looks like two things. I think it looks like you having a desire and then your actions not aligning or you having no desire, thinking you have no desire at all. And in that vacuum, we all have a desire. So in that vacuum of you thinking and perceiving you have no desire, um, your subconscious either runs amok or your learned bad behavior from everywhere, from media, from your family, from your parents, takes like just comes to the fore it takes over right 
Yeah, that's a good point. And I just think if we think about the times we've dated unintentionally. Yeah. I just think about the times I... So the one thing, this was my one requirement when I used to date, like in 2017 when I was dating, was I just want to be seen as a human. Like I want a man to look, to sit at the other side of the table. And you know, your friends, when you're talking to them, you know how they look at you? Like at you, they're really looking and really listening. I just wanted that. Like not looking at my tits, not asking me offensive questions, not humiliating me, not treating me like an object, looking at and seeing through my flesh suit at Mukundwa and listening to what she has to say. Right. Very simple. And that was specifically what I didn't get every single time. Because intention doesn't mean like thought. It means thought and deed. And so if my intention is to be treated in a certain way and I specifically continuously pick people or say yes to people who don't have the range to do that, who clearly aren't interested and invested in doing that, that's not intention. Right. And it has to be backed by action. So like, how would you have, um, how would you have gotten that? Like, would you have then been a friend with someone first kind of thing and then dated? Like, I mean, because how do you pick someone if you don't know who they are? Yeah, facts. How do you pick someone if you don't know who you are, first of all? Okay. Um, And that's a big one. We're going to talk about knowing ourselves. Mm -hmm. I have to remember that. And then it's about also intuition. And I think our intuition becomes a dull stone. The less we use it, the less we flex it. But I also think it's just really clear. So I'm on Tinder. Hi, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. Like, chat, 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 chat. What do you think about your career? Like, are you... or, Or rather... Because Mukunda always goes in <laughs> okay. right to no, the No, no, chat, chat, chat. Say even after two weeks, fine. Oh, okay. Um, let's just say after two weeks, which is not me. Which is never the case. Yeah, because yeah. I don't want... Why would I want a long distance... Why would I want a message in a bottle, partner? That's how it is. Niggas <laughs> want to message in a bottle you for six months and then invite you over to smoke weed and fuck. And it's like, that's okay for you. Mukunda, I'm trying to like open up my heart to getting back in the dating pool. Like this is just so... No, no, no. no but, and that's the thing. It's not when I say niggas do this, niggas do that. No, the niggas I picked, which is oh, another point. Oh, okay, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you imagine you write a paragraph about, I'm currently in advertising, but I don't know how I feel because while it's a really creative industry, it's also based on manipulating people and using my knowledge of psychology to make people buy products. And I don't know if that's at the heart of what I want to do. Lol, Yeah. <laughs> eh? So now, if I'm to take myself on a date with that person and expect them to engage with me critically, if they haven't shown it at the beginning, is that even intuition at this point or is that just logic? Is that just dumb bitch juice that I'm now intravenously... Yeah. No, no, eh? yeah, 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 no. You're, you're actually, your pancreas is making that juice. So. Yes. So the pancreas has now created its own dumb bitch juice. Definitely. We have to recalibrate. Yeah. So... Where do you think that's happened to you as well? Where you've like, you knew what you wanted, but you completely decented and deprioritized how you wanted to be treated, what experiences you want to have to appease somebody else. Every single relationship till today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I have categorically never been my true self. Oh my Wild. God. I know it's crazy, which kind of answers like everything, all the questions. Like I've always just bent and just not not brought all of myself to the table and not been fully honest or open, especially when I can see there's going to be some, or when I, not when I can see, but when I am scared that there will be some disagreement and then I could lose them or it could end or I could not be, ha- like just fear of like rejection in summary. 
um, and fear of missing out on what could be good. Um, and then also just believing like that, you know, if I don't have this, then I'll be alone or like this could be, oh, wanting to believe in the potential. So yeah, no, mm -hmm. it's been fuckery every single one of them. Every time. Every time. And you know what? I, I do want to though, like I admire, um, there's a friend of ours that loves dating. That's really good at dating. And like, um, who says so, like they're good at dating. And I just like, wow, that's amazing to me. And I would love to get to that point where either I've dated so much or so well that dating is not like a, it's, it's not. It's a light. Yeah, it's, it's, it's light and I can actually get full benefit. It's like doing yoga where I can get the full benefits and it's actually quite profound, but, um, or not like I can engage in whichever, like it doesn't have to, it doesn't destroy who I am or mean so much. Like Ooh. it's literally just yoga. Sis. And this is where we discuss subject object dynamics. So <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> it's so complicated. No, 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 not at all. So the idea is that what takes precedent, right? What's in hierarchy, what's more important, the subject looking at the object or the object being looked at? Okay. The subject. Oh, that was a question. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay. It was hypothetical. So wait, wait, wait. Okay. What? So in, in romance with femmes and mask folks, there is a subject object dynamic. Femme just means anyone who identifies as female or female leaning. Mm. When we look at the way men talk about women, we are just the objects. We are the appendage, the addition um, to their life. Oh, yes, that's true. And if we look at some religious texts, that's how it is as well. You uplift the man. You're the supporting role. You're the backup dancer. Subject, object. Some religious texts? Yeah, or, some religious texts. all religious texts? I don't know about all. I'm not going to say that. Oh, okay. okay. I'm, I'm not going to go that far. No, it was just a question. I don't know. <laughs> And I think this message about taking time off dating and just dating yourself applies more to femme folks than men or mask presenting folks. We assume. No, in my opinion. Oh. And I'll tell you why. From a young age, right? From Disney, from literally the time that we were ejected out of that vagina, we have been totally indoctrinated with this idea of romance and of positioning ourselves as an object. Being pretty enough, being sweet enough, um, kind of passive enough, placid enough, accommodating enough for others, specifically for men. And when we listen to the way music talks about women, um, films talk about women, literature, everything around us talk about women's role in relation to men. Culture positions us as an object so much that we have that on like autopilot now. Now we do that ourselves. We position ourselves. So if you're from that culture, which we all are from, it is very, it's near impossible, first of all, to divest entirely from that gaze, the male gaze, because we live within that um, paradigm. But the best you can do at least, at, at the worst, is acknowledge that matrix and see it for what it is. And at best is try divest from it as far as possible. It is very difficult to do those things when you're, constantly considering yourself in relation to another person when you are dating of course you're going to compromise yourself betray yourself um decentralize and deprioritize what you want because you see yourself as object to a person's subject you worry about how they'll feel if you do xyz you bend yourself morph yourself to what you think will appease them because you still see yourself as an object for their desire whether you that's conscious or not you wouldn't do that if you didn't think that way 
the best way to kind of see that for yourself is to get some distance. And that's why it is so important to take a break. So you can look back and say, wow, that was really some mad thing behavior. And I clearly thought of myself as an object. The fact that I dressed in ways I didn't want to, had sex when I didn't want to, um, went to places I didn't want to, to appease them, implies that I see myself as a backup dancer, as a supporting role. Mm. So I think that's why you behave the way you, that's why we all behave the way we do is because we uphold someone else's experience higher than our own. Yeah, true. Um, And I just think you can't really, it's really difficult to get that wisdom if you're constantly in the rat race, if you're in the throes of it. I mean, I, for so many years, I positioned myself as just like a cum receptacle, as a sperm bucket, as a, what else? A gunk holder. Just as all... Because... So a I'm, cum cup. A cum cup. Yep. Man, mm. are you a girlfriend or are you a cum cup? Are you an equal or are you a sperm receptacle? How can you ask yourself that if you're in the throes of it? Damn. Hey. I know. There's... I, yeah. But the thing is, though, like, and with everything that you've said, like, and it's... I agree with everything you've said, but the problem does come in when that break is not a conscious one. So eh. like both both of them, like consciously date and consciously don't date. Like yes. if any part of it is unconscious, just like for me, then for years, um, like I hadn't dated for seven years, but did I grow? No. So when I then got into fuck boyery, like it was all the same shit. Like these are people I'm I don't so care dead. about, but still I didn't prioritize any of my needs. I didn't speak mm. my truth. I didn't. And these were people that weren't even like my, you know, relate. They weren't even relationship hoes. They were just fuck boys. Can you imagine? So who literally, and I, it meant nothing to me. So I really think being conscious is everything like intentionality, as you say. So, mm. you know, relationship with intention break with intention and what does it mean and interrogate and like to have the courage to go into those spaces because otherwise what are we here for just to to live and fucking die well yeah i think that's i think that's an okay mission well but the thing (laughs) is no and you know what why i don't think it is because if that's it um then then there's no guarantee of enjoyment if the mission is to enjoy then you start uh, applying intention then you can live fucking die with intention you know what I mean? Like if enjoy, if yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, okay. So centering, um, enjoyment kind of first. Yes. I, enjoyment slash self priorities. I, but actually for me, it's enjoyment. I mm-hmm. just, I do think that's higher even than love is, is fun. It is joy. Joy mm-hmm. is higher than love for me. Damn. Yeah. Because I mean, our parents love us, but we've all been through hard times. So, which word joy is. Meaning? Meaning it's possible, it's normal, it's everywhere to love and be unhappy, to to love and, and suffer, to love to love and hate, to love and but joy can't hold those joy can't hold the negative with it in the same space. Ooh. Okay, Marion Williamson. That's right. When I show up, I show up. I know. Oh wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. I loved what the point you made about um conscious versus unconscious. Because you were seven years a slave. Man said yeah. you were seven years a slave. Oh, and all that time blaming niggas. I was like, nah, nobody's gonna That's another me. question which we're going to bookmark. Okay. Are men trash or are you dating trash men? <laughs> I also don't like to see not dating as taking a break because that implies that the normal flow is to date and then Correct. not dating is the uh, is abnormal. My friend was like, we were at brunch and she's like, so are you seeing anyone? And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not dating. Oh, you're like 
You're just talking to someone. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. Situationship? No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm not dating. Oh, so you're like taking a break, but you're open. No, I'm not open and I'm not taking a break. I'm not dating. Huh. So I advocate for consciously dating yourself mm. is or consciously not dating someone else is not, is, is not saying I'm not dating, but I'm open. It's saying I'm not dating and I'm not open. So if this is easier, see it as you being in a, a monogamous relationship with yourself. There's no room for anybody else. Um, because the intentionality with which you move when you know that for X amount of time, it's me, I'm dating me, I'm prioritizing myself, uh, makes all the difference. Mm. I think if you feel like there's a difference between not having been picked off the bleachers versus consciously not dating. Right. So, um, and I think you'll feel that difference. One of them is still waiting. And another is saying there's nothing to wait for. Correct. Is saying, I know how I want to be treated and I know how I want to be seen. Maybe I should try give that to myself and see how that feels. Because I think when I went on so many dates with people who, who couldn't do the simple, simple thing of just seeing me for human, I thought, well, maybe I should turn that inwards and see myself as human. And then I did. And I knew if I had right. seen myself as, as human and whole and as fully who I was, I would have never put myself in those positions. So if you don't know yourself, and, and I think it's wrong to assume we know ourselves because we are ourselves. Uh, no. I think we have to get to know ourselves in this context of capitalism and patriarchy that immediately positions us as an object. Correct. Also because we've been programmed since day dot before we could express our own thoughts. So I think it's important to accept that we've been told who we are by the outside that doesn't know who we are. So it's imperative to get to know who we are. And I think that's why those seven years um, you had, I guess you weren't taking time to get to know yourself Mm -mm. in a way that you are like now. No. And that makes all the difference. Is yeah. yeah. So I think we shouldn't assume that we know ourselves and we know what we want. We actually don't at all. And even if even if we weren't programmed, there's also the subconscious, and that does its thing. Um, so I just feel like the work doesn't end of knowing ourselves. But what I can guarantee, when you know something, you can add value to it. And if you know yourself, right. you can add value. And once right. you've added value, how you move in the world, especially in relation to romance, really changes because you value yourself. Yeah. You're not just a sperm receptacle. Also me. Also flick my bean. I also know why I'm here. Your experiences transform for being for someone else's pleasure, for being a conduit yeah. for someone else's sperm, pleasure, enjoyment. <laughs> To your own or to a collective experience. Right, right. So. (laughs) Were you really feeling that? I was feeling that. Oh, TED Talks. (laughs) I also think this idea of men are trash. Correct. And this is, yeah, full stop. That is correct. And I also think if you keep dating trash men and you say men are trash five times in the mirror afterwards, nothing will change. Men are trash. But if you keep dating trash men... In so many ways that can invalidate that argument for yourself, not as a, not as a movement, but for yourself. What, what does that mean? It means that you're saying men are trash because that's your only experience. But if you choose to keep experiencing trash men, you're also the trash receptacle that they have now been attracted to. Right. And that you have actively, directly sought out. Okay. So you can then date good men and know that men are trash, but yes. but your dating experience is great and good. And and complex. Mm. But I just think I was wading literally through 
a landfill my yeah. whole life. And that's the experience I've always been speaking through. And yeah. then I looked up and I realized, hey, other people aren't. Yeah. So how could I, how could I possibly know um, what I want if I've only been exposed to trash men and then also like actively sort them out? Right. So I just think, I just think some people will seek out self-destructive experiences, people who are subpar, ignoring their intuition, taking red flags for decoration, and then come back and say men are trash. And it's like, okay, but that's not helping your cause. I hope you don't think saying men are trash now cancels that out and puts you, you started a fresh slate. You really don't. Like men are trash, but are you also dating trash men? It doesn't make you better, yeah. Do you know? So please know that. We also did a poll. I asked people, have you ever had sex when you didn't want to? Mm. 81% of people said yes. And that wasn't surprising. I think a lot of people talked about how they're sexually and physically unavailable, but they still date. Mm. And I think we have sex to please, to feel numb, to feel something, to resuscitate relationships as a desperate attempt to connect to someone who's emotionally starving you when we don't hold value in our bodies and ourselves. When we treat it like an infinite resource that can keep stretching and breaking for other people. Mm. And again, taking time off to know yourself and therefore to value yourself can really change and flip the script there. Which side are you? Are you the yes or the no? Oh, yes. I have a hundred percent. I have out of all the sexual experiences I've ever had, maybe two of my partners, I had sex because I wanted to. Jesus. Other reasons were because I wanted to feel pretty. I needed validation. Um, They wanted to have sex. There was a time... I told this person, I can't have sex. Like, I'm, I'm feeling sore now. We're done. I can't go for round two. And he was like, oh, no, please, please, please. I just, I'll, I'll finish quickly. What? And I was like, dude, I'm really, like, I'm sore. I really don't want to. He's like, please, just quick. Just, really, literally a few minutes. And then we had sex. And it's like... Oh, my God. We need to find his bank account details. And he has coin. Yeah. And we... Well, first of all, okay. Okay, no, no. I'm going down a dark hole. Okay? I'm so dead. But who accepted? Me. And I think... The biggest betrayal again and surprise really wasn't him pushing, even though I'd said no and twisting my arm, basically. It was the fact that I betrayed myself, my physical comfort and what Mm. I knew to be true, which is that I don't have sex. I actually agreed. I consented. I can't Mm. believe that. Like, I can't believe I did that to myself. But then you think about it and you're like, oh, I can because I actually didn't prioritize myself. I was just a sperm receptacle. Right. So, yeah, I've definitely, 100%. Shit. And I also think with, which we're going to talk about in, in an, a, an episode about assault, is that there's some sexual wounds you can only heal through having good sex. And so not having sex and not dating, um, for me, I'm doing that this year, but I know after this year, I'm jumping right back in because I know, again, with intentionality, I can heal a lot of, my wounds but it has to be through the thing itself yeah i have to jump back in the pool yeah dude Mm. have you ever had sex when you didn't want to no can't relate can't relate sorry it sounds horrific to me having sex when i don't want to i like oh it is just it sounds horrible i need a fart thank you for leaving this room close the door walk away so speaking of unavailability right in what ways do you feel like you're unavailable at the moment? Uh, definitely emotionally or relationshiply. Actually, that's it. I'm relationshiply unavailable. So like emotionally available, like I want to connect with people, but I don't want to be in a relationship yet. Um, 
I'm doing the work to to like clean that space so that if I want to be in a relationship, I have the option, but I don't want to be in a, in a relationship yet, but I would love to emotionally connect with people. I think emotion is the only other way. Like, yeah, I'm I'm open to the D, like that's fine. But it's it's uh relationshiply I don't I don't want. Are you open to the D? Yeah. What's the difference? Between what? Being open for the D and not a relationship. Oh, that you don't have to engage um or rather, a relationship comes with expectations and it comes with a, a a future goal and a future picture that we are building towards, which um I'm not interested in building towards anything with anyone kind of point blank at this moment like I really 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 just want to build myself um but you know it would be nice to have like a warm pulsing penis sometimes connected to a human that I can have a conversation with be friends with um have coffee with uh with other friends like that that's what I mean so when you start dating again so you said relationships come with an expectation to build so then I can assume that when you start dating you're going to be expecting to build that's what I want to change as well so for me I think even just like through this conversation now like when you're like no I'm not dating I just I'm actually really not interested in everything that dating means in the traditional sense or in the sense that we come to know it so I really am taking the time to craft what I want in when I do have a partner what I want it to look like um yeah I'm at the moment, I'm really not interested in building a relationship as we commonly know it to be. Like, don't care for marriage, don't care for creating um, a traditional family, don't care for the trappings of a relationship, a house, or this, a future home. No, I'm not interested. Like, it just doesn't appeal to me. I don't see what the point is mm-hmm. of those things. So, like, the the spiritual growth, the, you know, the the mental challenge, the... All of these different, like the open horizons, like that can all come outside of the complexities of romance with a goal. That's that's what I don't like. So is anything, is romance a, an exciting thing or an overwhelming thing? It it's, sounds overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. But I only think it's overwhelming because it feels like something I should want. So I'm trying to get rid of that for myself. I think like... I mean, if you think of other things like having a career, uh, you know, as a biochemist, it's not an overwhelming thought for you because it's not something you should want. Like, it's just nothing or for me. So I think it's because of the pressure of romance is what I should want and I don't want. That's why it's it's overwhelming. Like, it doesn't fit in with my story at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you available? <laughs> oh, I wasn't waiting for you to ask. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. This relationship is stressful. What's happening? Um, available. Yes, but just not for you. Like, not for a romantic... How I see anything now in my life, or or rather, how I see dating now, is it has to audition and present its benefits. Um, I've got a very full life, and that's because I get a lot of, like, all the intimacy I look for, like, intellectual intimacy, emotional intimacy, um tenderness and caring and thoughtfulness I'm getting from all my relationships my Mm. healed friendships my friendships my internet friendships the conversations I have with strangers I feel full um and so romance would have to make a really strong case as to why it could just elevate me and so far the case isn't too strong because all the ways I want to grow that I know of I'm doing I'm, I'm facilitating myself I've got a podcast, I'm doing my things on social media, I've got friends, I'm actively 
um, engaging with people, um, actively expanding my network. So I'm not really understanding where that would fit in. Mm. And I give myself the wildest orgasms. Wildest. Wildest. You go, girl. Yeah. So I'm having a good time. And anything that's going to come into my life to give me a good time and challenge me in ways that I enjoy, in ways that I consent to, I'll accept. But I haven't had a case that's been convincing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I so I don't know that I'm... Oh, which means that then the prospect of romance isn't overwhelming for you. No, because I know... Um, it can't overwhelm me because I only let things that benefit me in my life. Mm. So it just couldn't pass my, it couldn't pass my, my tests now mm. before when I had no self-worth or value, no value on my time, my space, my body. Yeah. That was worrying because any, any which man, every out of five men, anyone who knocked on the door three, I'd let in. But now it's really, I, I am so sure of myself and I really know my worth to myself. Yeah. I am my biggest fan I just think I'm fantastic and I can't accept friendships already that don't reflect that energy. Right. So I just can't accept that from a romantic partner. It doesn't, it wouldn't add up. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's all done from a, definitely a year of consciously being like, let me get to know me. Let me date me. Let me woo me. Yeah. Let me learn how to masturbate for myself. Like what makes me feel good? What do I actually like during sex? Mm. Now that I'm not having sex, what what do I do that's performing during sex? And how, when I have sex with myself, can I be honest about mm. like what that looks like? And then like treat myself, all the stuff I wanted from men. I would have loved if someone bought me like candles, a book, a plant, I would have married them. And so I just do that for myself now. Mm. And I think honestly, when you shift all the stuff you expect from a lover, when you do that for yourself, when you eat at places that are expensive and cute, when you dress up for yourself to go to the grocery store, put on that eyeliner for yourself, because you're, you're so used to that standard of pleasure, you just cannot downgrade. It doesn't make, it, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. And I think that's where we should all reach. And you get there through what? Intentionality. And, and? Re- reflection. <laughs> <laughs> reflection. Self-care. Yeah, through, um, through, through dating yourself. Through dating yourself. Yes, yes. In what ways have you dated yourself this year? What have you done for yourself? Um, what do you do for yourself that like makes you feel good, honors your interests, prioritizes yourself, respects your time and energy? Um, the only thing, so I haven't like consciously done any of that, you know, as you think, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, so it hasn't like where you're like, this year has been a year for dating myself. Like for me, it hasn't like, I've just fell into this year and it's just been passing by. And like, so I haven't put anything in place to do, to, to, you know, take care of myself in those ways. I mean, the only things that I've done that center myself that are purely for the pleasure of it, like would be like doing my nails um, uh, and probably sewing like my hobbies, mm. um, just, you know, I'll sit up all night doing both of those things. Uh, you know, I'll forget to eat, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll be all consuming and that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I've, I mean, I've started dressing up when I'm going out, even if it's to the shops, like I'll do that because it's fun. Um, but otherwise, no, I haven't, I haven't been dating myself this year. I think I can, no, I haven't been dating myself. That's for sure. I've been treating myself, but not dating myself. 
Okay. Mm. So I haven't done the exercise. And by that, I mean, I haven't thought, what would it be nice to receive from a lover or from an external someone and blah, 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 blah. Or what would it be like to be with someone right now? And then see how many of those things I can fulfill for myself. I haven't done an exercise like that, which I think will be very helpful. Yeah, I think that would be fun. I think while the intention was from a different place, I think the results are pretty similar. How we interpret them is different though. But like you treating... How do you interpret them? So how I interpret, because my intention is to date myself, how I interpret my results is, this is how I dated myself. And because how you, you've entered it being, let me just enjoy myself, how you interpret your results is, these are the ways I've enjoyed myself. So different language and the language affects like the meaning in a way. Right, right, right. But I think the results are very similar in that you treat every day as a date. You Would you dress nicely for a date? You would. You dress nicely to go to the shops, mm. to go have coffee with me, to go write in your journal at a, at a you know, at Starbucks. Mm. So you're doing the stuff that I would consider dating yourself. It's treating uh. your time preciously in a way that you would want somebody else to. Right, right. Okay. Um, want people in your life to. The fact that you've engaged in your hobbies and been like, what interests me? How can I just enjoy myself? That is dating yourself because... And And... I think we should all change the language how it suits us. Basically, how can you honor your time on earth and 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 not not long term, short term? Today, how can you honor yourself? Is it eating a piece of cake? Is it making yourself a nice thingy? Is it going out and dressing up? Like how can you honor yourself? Mm. And that's what I call dating. Right. But it's really just honoring every moment as much as possible. Um and I think it's from mundane stuff to like I can cook in a flurry and just cook in her or I could like put on a podcast or some music or some candles and make it a process. Right. I could just go to bed or I could like put on some candles again and go to bed slowly and reflect. And that's like another way of honoring my time. Mm. Um, I could put processes in place to just make things and my time not um, something that I have to do, but something that I'm like consciously time passes regardless. But how I consciously engage with it and make it cute. Mm-hmm matters right right and okay. i'm i'm enough of an occasion to do that for myself alone right yeah like i'm the occasion yeah i love that right yeah definitely tweet tweet as oprah would say that's a tweetable moment that's a t- that's a tweet tweet oh my gosh i forgot my scottish accent wasn't i supposed to do a scottish accent for everybody today you were anyway that's all i got <laughs> that's all i got today guys <laughs> So do you think at the moment you're actively confronting your, or rather, in what ways are you currently confronting your defense mechanisms and insecurities that like jump out when you date? What's the stuff you're doing? How do you practically do that if you're not dating? Like, how do you conjure those up? My defense mechanisms. Defense mechanisms and insecurities. Because I, I, they jump out when I date, but when mm. I'm not dating, how can I like identify them and deal with them? What do you do? Um, I think that they they crop up even in life in general, just interacting with people. It might be to a different or a lesser degree, but they're still there. So I think it's just like being aware. Um, so for me, it would be like comparisonitis um, and then like non-communication where I just like dissolve into the background. So like I know that those are things just from knowing myself in relationships and reflecting on them. I know that those are things I've done in relationships where I've compared like where my partner is and where I am, or I project like if they were doing better or whatever, like it's, it's always made me feel better that I would maybe consider myself 
either more intelligent or some way, a one-up a one up way, mm-hmm. um, number one. And then number two, then I've seen where I've just not communicated or communicated badly or miscommunicated um, in relationships and then not prioritize myself. So now in my life, what I, what I am trying to do is to communicate more, is to focus more on my own on my own personal successes. Cause that's still, is so, that's such a big driver of anxiety for me. Like just comparing myself to, to other people, whether it's you or people I see online or where I think I should be some fictional, non-existent, mm. <laughs> irrelevant character of where I think I should be someone that doesn't even exist. That might not even have gotten there within the parameters of this world. I compare myself to that um, fictional nonsense, honestly, and then and then I'll spiral. So trying to work on those things. That leads really well into discussing how you've been a problematic lover. Why don't you tell us, Kundi? <laughs> no, go on. I love what you said about how those insecurities and defense mechanisms jump out whether you're dating or not. And I think that happens when you engage fully in life. So they jump out with friends, with you, with everybody. Um, and I have identified them. So <laughs> let me read out some of the responses when I ask people if they're problematic lovers. Um, because I relate to all of these things. Quite literally, all you bitches is my sons. Like, these are this is me. <laughs> Who said that now? Nicki Minaj. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So these are literally all me. Do you want to read them? Yeah. Okay, I really resonate with this one. I'll do everything for you, then get annoyed at you when you let me do that. Mood. I know. Like, how dare you let me... Couldn't you see that I was late? Overreach. I know. Are you mad? Did you not see my neck under your boot? What is this? Are you mad? Want to change things about them or in their life that I think will improve theirs? Oh, me. I'm Bob the... Every day, Bob the Builder. As in... I'm Mukundwa the Manufacturer every single day with these these, these people. (sighs) I expect people to comply with my needs instead of considering theirs. Yes. Mood, me. I make very selfish decisions. My partner has to accept that I often put my career first. Hmm. I can't relate. I actually plug in. I tend to pour into people and like say, oh, forget my whole life. Let me pour into you. And then I get mad when I have kwashioko because... If this if this person is um, a woman or a femme person, like I'm an or femme, I just want to be this selfish, like in order to balance out what I have, honestly. Read it. No, the one that we've just talked about that, you know, they put themselves first and the partner just has to accept that like their shit comes first, their career comes first. Well, I think you're very selfish, but in specific ways. I guess you want to be more selfish in romance. Yeah. <laughs> What do you what do you mean in specific? No. Hmm. It's so interesting. So what do you consider yourself on the spectrum of self-sacrificing to selfish? Like where do you fall? Now in terms of or just like in terms well, of romance? I, I hear you say that a lot, that you want to be more selfish. You love people who it's all about me, 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 me. And I guess I experienced you as enough me, 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 like you've got it there, but it feels like you feel mm, you're yeah. so deficient of that quality. Yeah, I don't know. Well, because I guess like inside of me, I'm always thinking about like what other people are are thinking or if they'll be happy or if it's palatable for them or whatever. So sometimes all that comes out is like the outburst at the end of all of that. I actually can't do this anymore. Um, But otherwise, yeah, usually like if I feel, yeah, usually I feel hemmed in because I'm just over considering what other people do and think. And so even when it comes to saying anything, 
it's like I've just resigned to the fact that this might hurt them and I'm this is terrible. So then even that brings me down. Like even okay. if I say what I want and I know that it might not be palatable. So by the time you say an act, there's an iceberg underneath that decision. Literally. That's just overthinking Literally. and over accommodating and Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, which and but the thing is that like I only know people from the outside, so maybe everyone's like this. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm romanticizing what it looks like on the outside, but maybe they've gone through a whole considering of everyone else. No, thing. I'll tell you for free, no. Fire signs, no. None of that. Uh-uh. Okay. Um, Science. All right. And more responses to how you're a problematic lover. I can be quite controlling, sometimes bullying my way into getting what I want. Relatable. Next. Mad relatable? Very. Okay. That's me. All right. Interesting. I try to I try too hard to please the other. Fucks us both up in the end. Getting better though. Ping. Good. Jeez, I didn't hit that note well at all. No. <laughs> I have to add something now. After reading all those responses. So number one, those are all the ways in which I'm a problematic lover is everything. Okay. But that's also how I'm a problematic person. And I think when I realized that's, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's so important that the problematic person, like taking it outside of the context of something else and just looking at it as a whole. Yeah, that's bro. so powerful. But I'm also just disgusted. Like I really thought, I low-key thought, I don't know how, but I thought, okay, I know I'm problematic, but surely no one else is this problematic. And when I got all those responses, when everyone's like, I'm selfish, I'm manipulative, I don't care what people think, I put myself first, I overreach and then I blame. I was like, wait, so we're all trash and we're all dating trash, and the net result is trash. Mm. And so I was just like, I guess that door's closed forever. But then people were saying how, which I also agree with, that dating can be the coming together of people who want to help each other become better and like hold each other accountable and experience their trashness together in ways that like make them conscious of it and make them consider whether they want to like how they want to change, how they want to adapt or not. Mm. And, and how it's like having a mirror. And they also mentioned that friendship is as problematic, which is interesting. I don't know if I, I can't really relate to that, but apparently, yeah, friendship is just as problematic because we're all again, trash cans dancing with each other. But with friendship, the expectations are so much less and different. Like, and also you can throw a friendship into being easy, like, but with a relationship, there's just so many strings attached and there's so much like expectation that you're going to stick it out until X date or like breaking up is such a finite, a definite moment. Um, mm. so I disagree. Like That's with so friendship, like friendships for me, they flow in and out of existing, really? you know? Yeah, they really do. And like, and maybe it's, or maybe it's like my friendships. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's okay. it. Okay, so there clearly is still, as you, you still, there clearly is a sense of permanence and rigidity to relationships that you're trying to, like, divest from. Yeah. Okay. I Do you that. not feel that relationships have that kind of permanence? Not at all. If rigidity? anything, I think they're the most fluid things. More so than friendships. Oh, yeah. Friendships are what you move in and out of forever. Like, once I have a friend, even if I, I can put you on the shelf for some years, but you're still my friend, like, that's it. Like, I love you. Or, or rather, you're not my friend, but I love you. And then there's that bond. With romance, oh, casual. You can get... You can get dropped so quickly. And I said what I meant, and I meant what I said. Like, it's just... Wow. Because... 
I think also coming to SA, there's a level of impermanence and like frivolity and fun, I find, and casualness with the dating here that I just didn't find personally when I was in England. It was a bit different for me, my experience. Um, Wow. And I find it so serious here. Really? So for for London, I felt it was quite hookup culture. Like, let's hook up. We have sex and have sex and have sex. And suddenly we like each other and then we keep dating and then it's a relationship. Right. Whereas here, it's like... Oh, I have a boyfriend, but he's cheating on me and I'm cheating on him. And I'm seeing this other guy and it's this other man who comes like three times a year and he pays my rent. And then, right. yeah, and I think I might just drop one. Oh, and he came home yesterday with another girl. So like I've left, I've kicked him. So it's a lot of, it's really interesting. There's a lot of like casual betrayal and fluidity, yeah. Yeah. even when it's rigid, rigidly monogamous or rigidly defined or rigidly marriage. Yeah. That's not how it's experienced in real time, um, which I... I don't know whether that's good or bad. And that's, well, what I know for sure is that it's not what I want for myself, but it's helped me know that if I date in this market, I also just have to make peace with my boyfriend will be dating, has, my boyfriend has boyfriends and girlfriends. Like, Mm. I'm not that only person. Um, (laughs) Which, like, definitely affects my decision making. That is so crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I mean, for me, the the benefit for me is knowing that it's really not that deep and I'm not as special to anyone as I am to myself. Mm. No one thinks I'm that special. It's me. And so I have to honor myself and my interests before. Yeah. Um, I don't like the deception of it. Yeah, that's what I hate. Like That's uncomfortable uh, and I won't engage in that. But I also, that's again, the hazards. That's the um, occupational hazard of dating, I feel, in, in Joburg. Hmm. That's what I see all the time. So many times my friends are like, yeah, my boyfriend, no, he's cheating on me. I know he is. So yeah, I have this other guy. He's, and it's just like, that's like the, the, the way that's the, the motion. I think there's something so normalized. There must be something like either like pride related to admitting, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I consent to him loving other people. Like, it's just easier to be like, oh no, she's cheating on me. You know, whatever. He's cheating on me, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, because those are polygamous or polyamorous relationships. Sorry, polyamorous relationships. Oh, by the way, did you see the language update? Like, poly is actually, I think, an abbreviation for Polynesian people. And so when you use poly in in terms of Mm. polyamorous relationships, you erase Polynesian people. Interesting. You said that the way you batted your eyelids now, like, I know. I'm I'm in the know. I am. Okay. So (laughs) polyamorous. Yeah. Polyam, let's call it polyam. Yeah, polyam. Yeah. Okay. They also said you can say that, so you're right. It's interesting. I I don't know. Um, I think we should talk to someone who does this because people, when they prioritize um, deception over polyamory, because you could be like, do you just want to be open? They'll be like, no, like you're my person. That's the thing. So that's interesting. We can't answer that between me and you because we're not like that. (laughs) And finally, just to talk further about divesting from the male gaze and also from the romantic agenda. Mm. Let's look at how music and movies affect how we see ourselves as objects and also like the language around decentering. Yeah, dude. So in line with not dating other people, um, this year I also made sure I abstain of oh, that word. I What is it with that word? Abstain. It's it reminds me of not having sex, even though you want to, because it's it's the virtuous thing to do to remain a virgin before oh. you get married. Oh, it's too late for that. <laughs> Who said? Sadu, it resets. Ah. It resets. Oh, literally, I reset mine, hey? 
when I changed religion, I was like crying on the floor to my best friend. Oh, I wish I was still a virgin. She's like, no, in your heart you are. It's fine. I'm she dead. Said, she told you in your heart. Between the two of us, we reset my virginity. She told and you. I started my fuckery again. I'm screaming. Um. So I also didn't listen. I didn't consume any um romantic content. Because there's a there's an agenda. There's a a strange romantic like capitalistic agenda in the stuff we consume. Like all these movies about romance and the way um cis straight men and women deal with each other. The music we listen to, the way Drake talks, the manipulation and like you know nice guy vibes. That's really a red herring in his music. All that stuff I stopped listening to because all of that contributes to you romanticizing. Um, decentering yourself, sacrifice, abuse, uh, willingness to and and consenting to deprioritizing what you want, um, pain that love is painful and 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 hurts. That all contributes to that narrative, and I just don't believe any of that. And I knew that if I kept, if my diet stayed the same, my diet of romantic nonsense, I wouldn't be able to actually date myself and reimagine what healthy dating looks like. Mm. Um, a space where no one has to compromise, no one has to be abused. And so rather, no one has to compromise themselves. No one has to abuse or be abused. Um and I, I believe that's possible, but I think we have to completely starve ourselves from the toxicity in the same way, like how sugar is poisonous to the body and we get so much bacteria. I feel like that's what romance does to our minds. Mm. Romantic content can really poison your mind. Now I watch a lot of romance because I can sift through the bullshit and really enjoy the cuteness and the lightness and the ridiculousness of it. Mm. But that's with a sober mind. Do you remember that song, Oh Mandy, by... Who are those white boys? Oh, I remember the song. I don't know who they are. Not Boyzone or something. Boy, boys to or, ma- Boyzone. There was Boyzone and Westlife. Westlife, one of them. Oh Mandy, when you give without taking. Yeah. Oh shit. Are you serious? Let me get up the lyrics. We are actually going to do this right now. That's I was so singing scary. that the other day and I was like, eh? What am I calling into my life? Oh my god. Dimon? Dragon? Dragon in my life. Oh my gosh. What am I calling? I had to cleanse. Oh, These are what, what Lauren Hill calls mm-hmm. the chains of shaitan. Oh, this is not... Does she? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, look, I'm paraphrasing. Lauren Hill or Erica Badu? Lauren Hill. She's like, the chains of shaitan would have made that strong. She's so cool. Oh my God. Um, oh, Mandy. Westlife. Westlife ruined us. Us 10-year-old selves. And we were singing the song on the bus to netball competition. Let me read this to I'm you. I'm thinking of love and lovers and one day, one day. Ridic- um, this is disgusting. I can't believe we let people listen to this, especially like children. Like, how is this okay? How is this mass miseducation okay? Listen to this. Well, you came and you gave without taking, but I sent you away, oh Mandy. Can I, wait, can we pause there? Because this is so triggering. The last rela- relationship in inverted commas that I was in, that, that, this is one thing that this guy kept on, um, what's the word? Like elevating, elevating. He was talking about, so it was a, a polyamorous relationship. And he was like, and the other person, like, she just doesn't like, she just gives and she doesn't expect anything back from me. And what, 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 and I remember cocking my head and thinking, no, but I, I want this love. So I'm not, I'm a listen, carry on with Mandy. I'm disgusted. Well, you kissed me and stopped me from shaking and I need you today. So you came and you gave without taking. I sent you away. You kissed me and stopped me from shaking and I need you today. So that's what, that's what 
that is what we're receiving and mm. internalizing. This idea of you'll be my support system. I will abuse you and neglect you and you'll come back and I'll appreciate the unpaid internship and the labor you're giving, but that's about it. And I'll do it again. Disgusted. I know it's, it's absolutely horrible. So one of the points that I've been making is singledom to decenter the male gaze and Nyak, you disagree. Yeah, it's because the intention is still on the male gaze. So even within the sentence, um, singledom to decentralize the male gaze, but what are we centralizing? And I think that um, it's so important to make sure that the language that one uses actually aids the, like the campaign, like the war on drugs. I remember reading that somewhere, like the war on drugs never reduced the use of drugs. Like drugs just got highlighted and more people use drugs. Like the war on a negative thing uh, very rarely helps to to reduce it or to heal it or to take it away. But the drives towards peace, towards whatever, it, you know, towards something is usually more positive. So I feel like mm. that, you know, even in taking taking time off to decentralize the male gaze, for me, just left me like angry and, mm. you know, because then I was looking at men all the time and I was okay. always looking at them, looking at me and I was always judging them. And I was, you know, I was on the defense as opposed to really focusing on what does it look like when the when the male gaze is, is not centered? Then that thing. Give it a name and then focus on that thing. I love that. Um, there's this book, I think I'll link it, where the author talks about it's impossible to not have a thought. Actually, Deepak. <laughs> he said it's impossible. How many times have you forgotten Deepak's I know. Name? Deepak and this other book about the subconscious. You can't say to yourself, I'm not going to think about men. Yeah. Because that very act is thinking about men. So I like what you said about like how energetically the language propels you towards the direction of the thing you're focusing on through the language. Right. That's so true. Yeah. So how would you, can you rephrase that for us then? Uh, Instead of um, singledom to decentralize the male gaze, can you oh. either add an appendage to the end of that sentence or change it for it a more be- positive spin? Oh, singledom for self-discovery, singledom to return to self, singledom to... Um, like what's the word? Like to find the nuances in self, singledom to um, crystallize my own life, my vision, and yeah, the quality of my life, things like that. Beautiful. So while those of us in the Southern Hemisphere are entering hot girl summer, do so with intention, enjoy yourselves, flick the bean, ride the joystick, and do so with intentionality and prioritizing yourself and your pleasure um and do so if you feel like you're healthy enough to do so oh yeah mm. are you healthy are you going to ruin your own life baby are you going to, how do you speak in a new orleans accent in new orleans are you going to ruin your life baby baby oh i can't no that was pretty good whatever you do do it with intention as long as it serves you and sometimes ruining your own life serves you because that's where you're at, because you probably have no self-worth and kind of have no direction. And that's okay. Enjoy and finish. (laughs) Because when you fall to the bottom of the pool, you can kick up and propel yourself to the top again. Literally. So enjoy, girls and gays. Go forth in the world and pop your pussies alone or with other people. Preferably alone with other people, for me. What do you mean alone with other people? Pop my own pussy and be able to be around people, but not needing anyone to... I'm not popping my pussy with you. I'm popping my pussy, and I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All <laughs> I right. can tell. It's going to get cut. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can tell. You can 
see it in I my eyes. I can tell it's going to get cut. You can see it in my eyes. Girls and gays, take care. Take care. Mwah, mwah. Big kisses. <laughs>